everything could lead someone to believe how you speak, you know, means something less. And so that means that they're going to treat you whatever. Try to treat me however you want to treat me. There's absolutely no control that you have over me whatsoever. There's nothing that anyone can take from me because there's nothing that anyone has given to me. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Today in the guest chair, we have Jessica Spalding, founder of Harlem Chocolate Factory. Now, Jessica grew up in a home where sugar was not on the menu in no shape or form. But putting her entrepreneurial skills to the test early on, she struck a deal with her mother. If she could make her own candy, then she would also be allowed to eat it. As a Food Network enthusiast, she learned to make all types of chocolate at just 10 years old, a passion that would inspire her to eventually launch Harlem Chocolate Factory. At Harlem Chocolate Factory, Jessica produces bars and brownies inspired by the rich ethnic heritage of her native Harlem community. Jessica emphasizes quality, handcrafting her products, and responsibly sourcing her chocolate. Now, outsiders discouraged Jessica from starting her own business, saying that there was no money to be made. She was determined, however, and in college, decided to take a shot at starting her chocolate company. While she was not successful at first, it encouraged her to take time to learn core business skills, a step that has paid off in the long run. On today's episode, you'll learn how Jessica bounced back from business failure and created success from the ashes, the resources and competitions she participated in to buy supplies and make samples, how she connected with a mentor that helped her prepare for competitions and think through elements of her business, how she found partners that gave her the financial stability to build her dream and take her business to the next level and how she is continuing to develop her business as a young entrepreneur working through challenges and missteps. Jessica does not sugarcoat anything in this episode, so let's jump right into the convo. So welcome to the guest chair, Jessica. Hey, thank you for having me. This is so dope. Yes. This is so dope. This is going to be dope. I'm excited. And thank you for blessing the guest chair, because like I said, when I came across you, I was like, any Black woman entrepreneur who has a retail location in Harlem or New York, that is, I need to talk to her because I need to know how she's doing this. All right. So first things first, though, give us a peek into the life of Jessica. Who are you? When were you bitten by the entrepreneurship bug? Right. I mean, I'm a real regular person. Uh, My friends would probably, they're probably sucking their teeth as they're listening to that right now. Because every time I say it, they suck their teeth. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I find myself to be very, you know, just regular. I don't know what regular is. Right. Because you you just know yourself, right? I I relate to that feeling. No drama, positive. You know what I'm saying? Let's all move forward. Anytime I see another Black woman, how can I help? Mm -hmm. What can I do? 
you yeah. know and when people are like oh my god look what you did you're like what are you talking about like I just yeah I'm what? a regular person I started a business yeah. you can't too and, <laughs> and I'm not there yet you know what I'm saying now now link me link me after the the first billion you okay, know okay. I may be acting different then <laughs> <laughs> so tell us now Harlem Chocolate Factory so this is a physical store in Harlem right yes and how old is it how old is it right the the actual shop we opened on Valentine's Day of 2018. So this year, only a few months ago, mm-hmm. um, we physically sold our first products in September of 2015. But I always like on my logo, like the insignia says established 2014. And that's because I was on the bus coming back from a job that I was like almost certain that I wasn't going to have. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm going to start this business. I'm a really I'm a really try to at least set up the foundation. And to me, that was the point in which it was established, even if I hadn't taken the steps yet to really formulate anything. And isn't it interesting, the journey that happens from like 2014 to you opening that physical location? But before we even get into that, I want to know, had you had like smaller businesses when you were younger or was this the first idea you ever came up with? You know, um, my mom. Like most children in New York and especially most African-American children, we all got shipped down south during the summer mm-hmm. and uh, had an aunt that lived out in Atlanta and she moved it to one of them new complexes where they, you know, they filled them up with pine trees and I would take the pine trees and spray paint them and either, you know, sell them as ornaments. And then when I came back to New York, I would I'd take like half of my suitcase, fill it up with the with the spray painted pine cone and sell those as, as well. Get out. How did you even come up with um, that? I did not know that was entrepreneurship. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I honestly don't even know. Like I was a real my me and my mother are like little uh, like some of our past. We had most past times that we did together. And she's an artist. And so it's like, on you know, like she loves to create and craft and all that. Yeah. So we just had we had a craft closet gl- growing up. And so doing little crafts was like fun, you know. And so I was just like, oh, let's spray paint these pine cones. Although we could say this right here, right now, Pier 1, I want my check. You know, <laughs> I know y'all got that idea for me. Look at that. So where did you go from there? Were you Did you ever major in business? Were you focused on that? No, no, no. I, for, but that, that and the other side to growing up in Harlem, um, all of that type of stuff, that is considered hobby. There is no such thing as entrepreneurship, as as it was described to me. You were either a hustler, right? So I could be out here selling all type of unscrupulous products, <laughs> or I could, because I could read, you know, I could be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, you know, or get myself on the city list for a city job. Doctor, I don't have the stomach for. Although I do like me a little surgery show every so now and again. Lawyer, I, I tried that path as well, but it was just something that didn't completely fit who I was. Teacher, the same thing. I I, I used to teach every summer and, 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 and work with um, children, teaching them how to read. So it's, it's a passion of mine. And even the city job thing, tried that. But none of those things fit with me 
I think because I've always been an entrepreneur. Yeah. Did you have to feel like you had to put yourself in a box? And like, even though you had these thoughts and these instincts to create businesses that you still you had to go a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like I feel like I've I've lived most of my life in a straitjacket and just like, all right, my hands are tied. Like I can't even being at businesses like, no, this process is inefficient. It don't matter. That's our process. What do you we're losing money? Like you, I, I ain't even making the money. You paying me a raggedy nine seventy five. <laughs> I'm not the money. Oh, you mean even working account. when you were you working for businesses? Working. You're Got not saying like I, I used to work at the bookstore at uh, at Morehouse, and I would just be like, no, this process is inefficient. We could make more money if this was set up like this. <laughs> Why does our magazine rack look like this? It's not merchandised correctly. Like, and here I am. I'm working maybe like they used to give out shifts like you know to say you could get like four or five hours a week wow. <laughs> for ten dollars <laughs> checks checks it ten dollars if that you know what I'm saying yeah. checks me thirty two dollars you know after taxes and everything and and I would just still be like nah like the 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 office is inefficient so we're not getting the correct money back on our um when our magazines, you know, just different stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, all the time, but that's just how my mind thinks. So what was what was your initial career path? Yeah, all of them. Right. I didn't have a career path. I I, I had never really um, sat down and was like, this is what you're going to be like, because, again, I had those four options. I knew none of them fit with me. So I just like tried them all. Like I tried the teacher tried the lawyer, even tried the doctor. At one time, my mother split her finger open and I had to sew it shut. The, the ER doctor allowed me to sew it shut. That was fun. I was like eight, nine years old. I also knew I did not want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> sewing up flesh just wasn't something that, you know, tickled my fancy. And uh, then uh, I, I even got a job in the city. I started, I started kind of veering off more on my path, working in marketing uh, while I was at school, I went to Spelman. While I was at school, I took graphic design. I wanted to be an art major. Okay. But again, my mother's like, yo, that's a hobby. My family, like, that's a hobby. And I'm like, Ugh, all right. <laughs> you can't um, win. You can't I can't win. win. So I'll be an English major. But I, but I am so glad because when after everything happened in my life, uh, when the dust settled, Graphic design was the only thing I made money off of. Mm-hmm. So I was so glad I took that computer class. <laughs> so you, 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 you just going to gloss over this when everything happens. So it seemed like there was some. Yeah. What shaped that path for you? So you had, you know, a series of life events. Yeah, I graduated from school. For me, as 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 college was explained to me in my life, you go to school, magic happens, you leave with a job. <laughs> that's that is I mean that's literally how I thought about it like okay when you go to graduate you'll have a job mm-hmm. so if you're in school like myself confused about what you're gonna do knowing you don't have many options like there's no sanctity or safe place for me to like just graduate and just not in and, 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 and be okay like somebody gonna buy my food somebody gonna pay my bills all those things are, I don't, I didn't have that. 
the one thing is that we just had a, a, a an apartment, a family apartment in Harlem, and that was it. So I'm like, okay, but what am I going to do? And I had never thought about like this career path and thinking about it. Like none of these things excite me, but can I do them? Yes. So mm-hmm. I got a job, um, you know, teaching, which is something I'm very passionate about. Children knowing how to read. Reading changed my life. It was a great escape for me. It's something that helped me develop as a person. Um, all the lessons that you need to learn in life, you don't actually have to learn them. You can read about them and just adjust the things that these characters have learned into yourself or read a nonfiction and, and, and see how people have actually lived and formed thought. So that is the basis of like who I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I could do this teaching thing. I'm teaching for a year. Boom. I find out I'm um, going to have a son. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> now I have a child. Real life, right? Now you're, now you're a big kid. Then right after that, so I was at home. I was like freelance doing uh, graphic design um, at the time in a semi-stable relationship. As stable as the dysfunction that... Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, it was like, you know, dysfunctional stability. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then we had our daughter. Mm-hmm. So all this time, were you even thinking about chocolate? Like when did... The- so, cho- so chocolate has been a part of my life since I was a child. Mm-hmm. My mom and my mom and dad met at this health food store. And they were very much on this whole health food kick together. Um, my dad died when I was like two years old. And after that, my mom became like, she was like, no, nah, this is how he wanted you raised. This is how you're going to be raised. So that means rice cake, Ezekiel bread, oh, great nuts instead of regular cereal. I you didn't know, even like, know about just, Ezekiel bread till I was like uh, in my 20s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet you don't eat it. I bet you don't eat it every day. Once in a while when I tell myself I'm eating clean. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Nobody's doing that for a snack with their peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You want to know why? Because it tastes like cardboard. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, and so it just, (laughs) that's how how it raised. But she loved chocolate, Mm -hmm. but high quality chocolate because high quality chocolate is not, it's not a sugar snack. It's Mm -hmm. the treat. And also at this time, public access has, you know, chocolate with chocolate or reds on. And we when we got the bootleg box for me to have cable, I used to, I started getting Food Network <laughs> and I could watch more of like the World Pastry Cup and um, more chocolate shows. Jack Torres had a whole slew of chocolate shows and it was just something that was like fun for me. You know, growing up in the 90s in Harlem, going outside was not an option. You could get seriously hurt from just literally being outside. So I spent a lot of time indoors. Were you making chocolate recipes or? Yeah, yeah. I started making them. I just started making them and having fun. And it was something me and my mother did together. And we started going to like the chocolate shows and, you know, just always being interested in in, in chocolate and in sugar. And- Interesting. So even though you were in this health food focused family, chocolate was like 
something you could if it was high quality yeah if it was high quality which is you know low sugar uh-huh. even with the the like milk chocolate milk chocolate doesn't have an increase of sugar it has an increase of milk is you know and, and the people are confused about that like you're supposed to taste milk when you eat milk chocolate not sugar uh with white chocolate you're not supposed to taste sugar you should taste the cocoa butter mm-hmm. um these are the flavor notes that you should be tasting. Okay. And so it helped me develop on that side. And all of my all of my thought process with that also was like, all right, now I'm gonna have chocolate and sugar in the house. But my mother would buy me one box of 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 sugar to work with. And if we had anything left over, she'd go to the neighbors. Hey, y'all need sugar? Here's oh, a, here's the sixteen. I'm like, oh. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I would just be sitting there when she caught me putting my little, you know, I put a little teaspoon of sugar and them dry cereals, the whatever they, whatever sawdust cereals we would eat sometimes. (laughs) So I just throw a little, little tablespoon of sugar in there. When she caught me doing that, then it was like no sugar in the house at all. Um, So she's like, all right, you work on your sugar thing. You know, I used to make candy canes and little stuff. And she would give the rest of the bag of sugar away. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just cold, man. So when did you start to develop the idea for a business around chocolate? So in college, right? I told you I was like, I was trying to figure out all this stuff. In college... I was like, nah, you know, I think I could, I think I could make a business out of the chocolate, you know, like I think I, cause I always, I always had some kind of side hustle, like always. I DJed, I hosted shows. I used to be like brand managers for different companies on campus. I wrote uh, poetry. I wrote a book. I started like a little, you know, I wrote the book and I self-published. So, which basically means you own your publishing. So I just created little logos around my publishing company. So I was like doing these little things on the side, but not having like any real um, direction with it. And so when I was in school, I'm like, yo, I'm going to, I'm going to try to start a chocolate factory, like a chocolate, a chocolate um, company. And um, I went out, brought all this packaging, brought all of my materials, I would be in there, you know, making chocolate. And I made all this chocolate, took all these photographs. I made me a bomb MySpace page. My MySpace page <laughs> no, my was space. lit. My MySpace page was lit. You came to it. It played Dwelle. It was it was absolutely amazing, right? I, I did the coding in the back end to make sure that, like, you know, all of my colors match my logo and everything. Lit. And all I did was just go to people's events and give away free chocolate. Now, why would you do that? <laughs> Yo, because that was advice that I that I got, you know, like, and that was what my thought process was on. Like, I was told through various people, like the way you know, because the thing is that. It still happens today. Like people will call you, hey, can you bring, you know, if you if you have your chocolates at my event, it'll give you mad exposure, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, okay. Can you can you come? We have an event for 150 people. Can you bring chocolate? It'd be it'd be a great experience for you. Boom. Can you come? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can you give us whatever? And you and, and what actually happens? 
uh, Crickets. Absolutely nothing. Exactly. <laughs> like literally absolutely nothing. Yes. Um, especially when you haven't done any research into whether or not these people are your customers, mm-hmm. whether or not these people have any money, whether, you know, like any anything whatsoever, when, when nothing is done, nothing will happen. And, and that was the lesson. And I mean, you know, I just had my mother was like, yo, people want to taste your chocolate. Then they go and just order it. Oh, right, right. And right. it was just like because she, you know, she believe in it. She love it. She tastes it. And I'm like, yeah, no, that, that's, that's not what happened. Not so it was a definitely grand opening, grand closing situation. It started at the end of semester, it started at the beginning of the semester. By the end of the semester, I had absolutely nothing spent all my money and was like behind in everything, you know? Well, that's still so impressive that you did that as a college student. And, you know, that was your first foray really into business. What did you do after that? Uh, Nothing. It was actually the start of like a mini like midlife crisis. I I realize it now in reflecting on my life, like, damn, that was like my ace in a hole, you know, like the chocolate thing. That was a, that was a skill that nobody else had that made me different that I was actually skilled at. Like poetry, I can write, not the best. Poet, I can perform, not the best. Uh, ho- hosting events, I can do it, not the best. I really don't. I would rather not be around hundreds of people at once. Not, not you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm real. I would rather be with the six, seven people I know and. <laughs> And that's it. And even DJ, I was like, a, a, I was like the world's wackest DJ. Um, I like music, but but the chocolate thing was like, yo, that's something I, I could do. Even with me needing to improve, it was still a skill that's absolutely different from someone else. You know, it was my thing that set me apart and it failed. So I was like, all right, I, I'm not supposed to own a business. Isn't that so crazy how we can do that? And you have to be careful, yeah, to yourself, because it's like one little setback or one thing that didn't go is, and then you're ready ready to throw throw in the whole towel. Yo, I I threw the whole person away. (laughs) No, seriously. I I just threw myself out. I was just like, (laughs) you're you're washed. (laughs) You're you're washed up. You're whack. You're 19-year-old failure. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll never be anybody. (laughs) You'll never be anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, we are crazy. Which is tricky, isn't it? age of like social media and everything um and and being at like the forefront of that and for myself always having been the outspoken and intelligent black woman in the room the idea is that you're supposed to wake up one day and be oprah Mm -hmm. that's definitely something that we all struggle with the expectations i talk about that in a couple episodes but i know so how did you push through that and, and start again? Um, I I didn't. I'm going to be honest. I did not. Well, you had um, to, to get to where you are today. I, I, I pushed I pushed through more like I, sometimes I, for me, you got to like fall backwards to fall through to the other side. For me, life is a full circle. Right. And that pushback you feel when your back is against the wall. Sometimes you can go forward to come around to the other side. Or you could fall back through it. And the, and that's honestly the best thing you can do because that blockage 
between the two parts of your life, um, for me, can you're going to hit it no matter what, right? Like, I believe you start your life at one end of a circle and you go around and then the ends meet. If there isn't like a seamless path where those, you know, where all that aligns, you'll hit it. And no part of life is seamless. So you're either going to hit it going forward or you're going to hit it falling backwards. And I just so happen to hit mine's falling backwards. We're at the point I have my daughter. For some reason, my dysfunctional relationship ended. I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it ended. And so I'm sitting there with two kids like, all right, sis, this is not a game. What you really about to do with your life, right? <laughs> like this, this little fixing somebody's paper, doing somebody's postcard for $75 or doing this, fixing somebody's business cards, whatever. That was cute when you only had to buy yourself some turkey meat and it was like, and you were lit. Um, Now you have like real life responsibilities. So I understand that you did a series of competitions and you also were able to start to learn and get real resources around business formation. And I really am interested in knowing more about this because not everyone knows about this. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's literally what happened. I was at the library with my kids. Um, There's like a, a free little playroom at the local library next to my house and the library which has always been like my safe haven since I was a child, that's where all your resources is at. Everything you need is in a book or in the librarian's head. Those people have so much information. So I'm in there with them and I see this sign on the door for a business plan competition. It's like asking all these questions. Do you have an idea that you want to bring to life? You know, like one of those infomercial kind of scenes, Mm -hmm. like, you know, and it's like, the business plan competition, um, at the end of it, you'll have spent, you know, 40 hours with a business advisor. Uh, there was five prizes. So I'm like, five. All right. Even if I'm not number one, I could get one of those. You know what I'm saying? Ranging from $1,500 all the way up to 15000 And then it was like, and finally have a complete solid plan. I'm like, yo, you know, me being older and rethink like, literally looking at my life again, I'm like, yo, this didn't fail because I'm just like the queen of all losers. <laughs> it failed because I didn't know what I was doing, you know? Right. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on TV, I'm watching Shark Tank and everything. I'm like, oh, wait, what? You had three businesses that failed? Wait, you failed too? Like, what? And you, and you didn't just say forget it? <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK, so maybe, you know, maybe this is it. I'm like, let me let me just I'm a, I'm a research it, whatever. But I'm like, the first thing you got to do, you have to bring yourself a little bit of stability. Um, and I wound up getting a job as a production assistant for this design studio. OK, so um, hello, side hustle. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Getting a job to support the business dream. And I, that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I hit shorty up on Instagram like you need me. <laughs> I, I have efficiencies that I know I can introduce and, uh, you know, design all of this, whatever. Let me send you my portfolio. Love I'm it. like, I love your work. I want to, you know what I'm saying? I want to help out. And I could sell water to a well. So I'm like, just just meet with me. I met with her. She hired me like the same day. 
Wow. Because I'm like, I can't compete. Everybody's applying for all of these big places, whatever. It's these small businesses that need people and need effective people, need efficient people that, you know, that it's not really a job like you. You're an entrepreneur within the business as well. But you honestly only have a guaranteed paycheck. The only person who paycheck ain't guaranteed is the owner. Everybody else got to get paid. It's like slavery was made illegal. So, um, you know, these small companies, I'm like, let me target small companies that may need assistance somewhere on the back end. Whose cousin sucks at sending emails, sucks at customer service. Hire me. I'm saying I'll do it for you. And so that was holding down your family while you were working on building out and going through this business plan competition. Exactly. So I was doing the business plan competition. How long was it? The competition was a total of like six months. It was four months where you had to meet with the advisors and you had to do these monthly info sessions at the library and you had to do a certain uh, amount of research. And then I also I tag teamed it because I was like, okay, wait, I'm doing this research on my own. I need something a little bit more directive. And I found these business classes that New York City offers for free, which is the um, the uh, New Ventures program. And it's basically a program that kind of like from start to finish in six weeks, you should have your like a solid plan for your business. So I did both of those things at the same time. And one of the homeworks from that business class was like buy your domain. Now, while I was working at the design studio, the entrepreneur I was working for was running into some trouble and she was thinking about um, shutting down the business. So I'm like, you know, I'm back at square one, you know, in terms of the, the, the finances. But I'm like, the more I'm researching this idea of having a Harlem chocolate factory, a chocolate company that tells my perspective being in Harlem, growing up in Harlem with chocolate. There's no brands out there doing nothing like that. And so I'm like, yo, you know, as it, as I do a little bit more research, all of this stuff everybody's calling a hobby is a part of a multi-billion dollar industry. So I'm like, what? I can't. I'm like, I don't even need a whole yeah. percent. <laughs> you know, like I could get a quarter percent and still be lit. And so like, I'm like, yo, wait, this is not a hobby. This is something that I could really fund my life with. I could really, you know, I could change my life. And the production company shut down while I was in the midst of the business plan competition. And I got uh, like a few weeks later, I got a job offer from the city of New York. Doing what? Um doing marketing for the okay. Department of Homeless Services. I was the director of marketing over there. So I'm like, okay. So I'm still a part of the business plan competition. And I got, you know, to the final round where I needed to like, you know, buy all of the stuff for the samples and everything. And I wound up finding, at the time, I didn't have the job. So I, I got with this micro lender, um, Axion, and they, they loaned me $3,000 to like get started. And I wound up winning the business plan competition. Wow. Yeah. So this was the library's business plan competition. Yes. Was it called the New York Public Library business plan competition? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The New York Public Library's New York startup business plan competition. Okay. How gratifying. And I won for the $15,000. Wow. So now yeah. you have this loan 
the loan helped you to do what? To where you the, actually- the loan helped me. Like I literally had nothing in my account. Like we had a homework in the business class, which was to buy the domain. And I literally had like maybe $20 in my account. And the domain was something like $12.99. And I'm like, yo, how much do I believe in it? And that's, that, was the, that was the thing in the class. Like, yo, how much do I believe in it? And how much do I believe in myself? Like, okay, yeah, I messed up before, but I didn't mess up because I messed up. I messed up because I didn't know. And just really getting to a point of honestly forgiving myself for making a mistake. And then I brought it. Two weeks later, I got an email. Somebody had gone to Harlem Chocolate Factory, had no SEO, no nothing. And they were attempting to order $200 worth of chocolate. I wanted to kill myself because I was like, damn, I can't even take the order because it wasn't a business. Wait, so were you, you weren't a physical location yet. I wasn't anything. So how did they try to order it? Thank you. They just said I had a splash page. My, My website was a splash page with a little contact box. I built it all myself in Adobe. Again, shout out to my graphics class. Yes. Um, Giles Hall, Spelman College. Uh, I was just sitting there looking at the computer like, are you dead serious? (laughs) $200? Like, $200 could have changed my life at that moment. I'm like, damn, like, I need, like, but it was just like, yo, you know, you bet on yourself. Like, nah, this, this, this really does have, this is a sign. Keep going. So and you had to tell that person, yeah. hey, we can't fulfill this order, but it's coming. We can't fulfill it, but it's coming. You it's know, like I'm, I'm doing everything I can. So when, and, uh, when did you win the 15,000? What year was that? I, 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 that was 2015. I won in September. Okay. And then you immediately got to work. So tell us about some of those first steps to actually bring this to fruition. I I found an incubator kitchen um, because I was already getting orders and we were like, we would do like these little pop-ups in Harlem and we would sell out of products. I was like, damn, I need more space. I found an incubator kitchen where I- What's an incubator kitchen? An incubator kitchen is basically where you rent space within the kitchen. And they basically incubate you as you begin to grow, right? Like they'll offer you space. They have all the machinery. You might have to get, you know, machinery specific to you, but you can rent space within the kitchen. So they, a lot of them come with different business supports. Mine came with a a lot of business support. It was, it's called Hot Bread Kitchen. It's on the east side of Harlem, um, literally a few blocks from my house. So I would... In the middle of the night, again, I was working for the city, so I would get off, get off of work, get the kids, come home, you know, do everything with them, and then put all of my stuff in a um, in this like cart that I got from Costco's, and drag it through the projects to the kitchen, be in there till one, two o'clock in the morning, come back home, go to sleep, wake up for work. You know what I'm saying? And and just whenever I had to fill an order and I did that for like a year. Wow. So that grueling. that is grueling. Like some, you know, grueling. side hustling takes on all different types of shapes and looks. But when you're doing something like that, that's like for real a grind. Yo, no joke. Hey, guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsor. Okay. I have a side hustle hack for all to hear, and it's called Skillshare. You wanna know how I grow as a businesswoman? 
I keep learning. There's not a week that goes by that I'm not checking out a refresher class or a deep dive tutorial. And my go-to is Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it. So whether you're trying to start a side hustle or scale your business, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. In the last month alone, I've learned how to set up my email capture landing page on Squarespace and how to boost my email marketing using MailChimp, all through Skillshare. And now, Skillshare has a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Hustle Pro. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Hustle Pro to start your two months now. Tell me if you've ever had this experience. You go to find an everyday nude in the beauty aisle and everything makes your lips look dry and ashy. Thanks to Mented, that is no longer our ministry. Mented, short for pigmented, is an upscale cosmetics brand focused on everyday beauty for women of color. For a while, I convinced myself that nude must mean something else for me. It must mean dusty beige because that is all I ever saw in the beauty aisle. But I can now say goodbye to that lie thanks to Mented's mauve over color. It literally matches my God-given lip color. Mented's multifaceted nudes were crafted with our melanin in mind. And I love Mented so much that I have one of their lip colors in each of the three bags I wear the most so that I always know that I have one on deck. And Mented doesn't just make lipstick. Their glosses are perfect for women who want more sheen. And their everyday eyeshadow palette is so bomb, it sold out four times and had a 2,000-person wait list. Luckily, it's back in stock, though. And also lucky, Side Hustle Pro listeners get 15% off of all their Mented purchases. Just head over to mentedcosmetics.com slash sidehustle or use code sidehustle at checkout. Again, that's mentedcosmetics.com slash sidehustle or use code sidehustle at checkout to enjoy 15% off your purchase. So you make the chocolate. You also have to figure out what to wrap it with, right? And what to, yeah. how to keep it, how to preserve it. What are the best ingredients? Yeah. I'm curious yeah. how that whole process came to be. <laughs> what was the, the, the trial and you know, error of experimenting well, like? Well, the one thing, the one thing that I started with was my line of bars. And for me, the wrapping I had come up with was taking my photographs that I had taken of Harlem and wrapping them around the bars. Okay. And that was like, that right there is what kind of like got us more attention because it was just like, you know, like kind of like collectible. But then from there, when you have, when you start to grow and expand lines, figuring stuff out, a lot of my friends that, you know, they came to, I remember we had our first pop-up and I got these packages. I was trying to be all eco-friendly. It's just like, you know, biodegradable packaging, whatever. My homegirl called me like, yo, all of my chocolates fell out in my bag. So I was like, all right, well, time to scrap those bags. Like there was just a flaw with it that as soon as you touch the bag, it fell apart. So, you know, just figuring everything out little by little, um, figuring out how to price stuff, figuring out, you know, what ways we were going to do it. The pop-up model was killing us because we had to pay to make our products, pay, you know, because you have to rent the kitchen hourly while you're there. In most incubators, you rent hourly time, but then you more than likely also have things that you need to keep there 
like stuff you can't bring back and forth, which you also pay rent for. Then you have to purchase all your ingredients and hire any staff to help you make whatever batches you're Mm -hmm. making. Then when you do a pop up, you more than likely have to pay for the table. Right. And is it easy to predict kind of like how much sales you'll do at pop ups or is that what was killing you? Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. We could predict which ones were were best for us in terms of having like a, a true strategy around them. But just living your life through. All right. I'm going to do a pop up, you know, Sunday to Saturday. I'm just going to do pop ups in different places with no strategy behind it. Like we would do specific ones, holiday markets, you know, things that made sense for our brand. Mm hmm. And and just kill on those days. But we just transitioned to do solely corporate orders, corporate gifting. So why was the pop up model if you were killing it on those days? Was it just too unpredictable and too infrequent? Exactly. Too infrequent. You would have how the holiday season is in terms of in the pop up market sphere. You have basically from late October and not really people really weren't spending money on holiday gifts till like the end of November. You have like November to December. And then after that, it was just so spastic. And for us, it was just, I wasn't willing to continue to just risk money on pop-ups when we were getting corporate orders that, you know, we could get quadruple the amount. And how did you start getting these corporate orders? Did you have to do anything specifically on the marketing front or was it word of mouth and knowing the right people? It was part word of mouth and part every organization that I worked with, right? I keep in contact with them and and build like strong relationships with them. So our first largest corporate order was from Sam Adams. They brought 250 boxes and put them in their media baskets. Wow. You said Um, Sam Adams? Sam Adams, which is. Uh, Axion and Sam Adams kind of linked together to provide these um, food and beverage loans. Okay. Sam Adams is the funder and Axion is like the the lender that, you know, deals with it. So they're my point of contact. Ah. So being able for them, being able to show like, hey, look at this business that is set up because of what, you know, we're doing. It's like kind of like, you know, one hand washes the other. I'm a, I'm a good example of what happens when you invest in businesses and you have all the media contacts um, to get the word out. Yeah. And people who are literally looking for small craft, you know, manufacturers. This is so awesome. Like, I'm so excited. I'm getting more just, (laughs) what's the word? Fascinated as we speak, right? Because there are just so many layers to this. Like, one of it's a multi layer. And the mentorship part, too, right? So, not only did you do these competitions, but you were able to network and meet people. Um, What was that process like? Did you have to go out of your way? Was a lot of that independent or was it through the program? Um, for me, if I if I'm somewhere, I'm talking to somebody. I'm always looking for people who know more than me. Mm-hmm. And the same things that they like down you for are the thing. I am not afraid to ask questions or say I don't know because I realized that's what made me fail before. Me saying I know I got it didn't get me nowhere. And especially about things that I wasn't 100 percent about. 
Uh, so I, I walk into a room, you know, they have networking events or whatever. Yo, I don't know any information about this subject. Do you know anybody here that might know something? And, you know, people are always talking to one another and they'll be like, oh, you know, you would be a great link for my friend. My friend knows this person. My friend knows, you know, something. And, and, and then you get Here's a conversation you should have. Like, and I, I've never been afraid. Yeah. Like, even you know when why we was I in like school. that? Because like there's so many times you go to these events and everyone's trying to look like everyone's trying to be nah, <laughs> you, you gonna catch me saying. by the food bar. You gonna catch everyone's me by the food to, bar saying then, that this food is slamming. <laughs> the food is slamming. That's where I'm always connecting with people by the food. Trying to be posh. Everybody and, and act like and they that, know everything about startups and entrepreneurship. <laughs> no, and like, I don't know nothing about nothing. Let's Let me start tell from you. Ground zero. Teach You're me right. what I, you know. Exactly. I went through that experience, <laughs> and that's why I like talking to people and just asking questions. What's the incubator kitchen? Because <laughs> yeah. Same thing. I used to try to pretend that I knew everything because I was afraid of looking dumb. Yeah. And I'm like, that didn't help me at all. <laughs> not one Yo, bit. It's a, it's a real fear. And I mean, and and not to get that's a it's a societal fear, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you have never had people genuinely empowering you, any little knock. Yo, failing at that chocolate business should not have set me back that far. Yeah. But the fact that there has been not a uh, not a genuine investment in me having the self-confidence to overcome failures. Do you know like how many people that look like us have an issue with saying, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know how uh, fragile your ego has to be right. that you're afraid to ask a question. Even when we used to be in school, right. same thing. We're taught though that you know, you carry that with you that you have to yeah. represent your whole race and you can't be yeah. the dumb black person in the room. Exactly. Exactly. And so it makes you control how you talk. It makes you control everything because yep. everything could lead someone to believe how you speak, you know, means something less. And so yep. that means that they're going to treat you whatever. Try to treat me however you want to treat me and everything about our conversation. There's absolutely no control that you have over me whatsoever mm-hmm. and empowering yourself to live that way is an absolute struggle there's nothing that anyone can take from me because there's nothing that anyone has given to me yes i was just reminded so, of that like yeah. you the world didn't give me this joy the world cannot take it away exactly i saw that and, quote and just today the the day, that's really all that's and honestly that's really all you have money can go your friends could go your family switch up on you Yo, everybody just it, it's 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 a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. Not to live in, in some darkness about how everybody I people uh, that's the other thing when people want to you know, you know <laughs> your, your friends don't really support you. They be sharing those memes like your friends don't really support you. Who cares? Who, right? Listen, like the thing who, is though, not everyone has your vision. So not everyone is able to support you because they just don't get it. And they got their own things going on. They're excited about their own things. Like, I'd, I don't agree that everyone needs to be on your level of excitement about what you have going on. Yeah, exactly. And and that's all it is. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. There's no, don't take things personally. Now, let's talk about mm-hmm. actually opening up the physical space because, yeah. you know, now, now you're paying staff, now you're paying bills. 
Was Bro, that boost. fifteen thousand <laughs> enough to do that, or was no. it? <laughs> Yo, let me tell you how fifteen thousand. let me tell you how fifteen thousand never spent so fast. Yes, like, please. Which is which sounds crazy, right? When I when I first started. You know, you got to think about where I was coming from. You know, two kids back and forth. I had to, at the time, like back and forth with my landlord and court and all of this different type of stuff. Yo, absolutely insane. Insanity. I have have old tax returns that I've gone through. I'm like, for the whole year, I had $4,000. What? How did I make it? You know what I'm saying? So to go from that, to get in a whole check for 15 grand. I'm like, what? All right, hold on. Let's, let's divvy this out. Let's, you know, let me speak with the financial advisor on how we best going to set up, you know, set up this money. All right. Here's the taxes that got to go back on that. Cause it's tech, you know, it's prize money. Boom. You know, I need, I need a, I need a, a machine. Mm-hmm. I need to do all my setup fees for all of my different business stuff. You know, this is 400, 400. Everything for me was like, why did everything turn into being $400? Every, it was like one month where I was like, why is everything 400? Every license is $400. Everything, everything was $400. And when you start doing that, I'm like, wow, $400 spends so quickly. It's on 15000 went down um, pretty fast. And then we just, and we used a portion of the money to do two strategic um, events, Fancy Foods to Show and Harlem Eat Up. Okay. And those two shows are for me, what propelled us and prepared us for opening up and getting a new space because we got at the Fancy Food Show, we got selected as one of the top 10 bites by the New York Daily News. Oh, nice. Now, were you getting help and support still from some of the the program resources? For example, yep. the accounting piece, the legal yep. piece, like, yeah, talk to us about that support and, and how, who you leaned on. I was another I was in another incubator by the name of Start Small, Think Big, and they provide legal assistance and accounting assistance. And I, I was in their office. Hey, can you help me with this? I need help with that. Still talking to my advisors, uh, any mentors I've met along the way. Can we speak? You know what I'm saying? Um, very early in this business, it was like, all right, there's a whole bunch of paths you could go with the chocolate, right? Like we opened a store. The right, store you could have kept just it ex- completely online, you know? Could have, could have. Um, we needed a production space. I'm not going to be too salty about it. I did originally try to get a production space because I did not want a store yet. But God had other plans. I was going for a production space in talks with the city. Uh, I got the funding for it. I built it out. I got the pre-qualification for the money to build it out. Everything. I brought my machinery. Everything. Two weeks before we were supposed to sign the lease, they pulled the plug. Oh, on wow. The thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, so not going to be shifted. shifty about yeah, that we, forever. We're going to move right along because yeah, we, right we don't dwell right, on things anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it was actually it was actually a blessing. Right. Um, because did that did that inspire the pivot right away to opening oh, up yeah, a physical I had to store right away? Because okay. I had machines that I just ordered from from Italy wow. <laughs> that was on their way. <laughs> and it was like, all right. You know, y'all might hold it for me for a month or two, but y'all want somewhere to send this to. And um, I'm like, where am I going to put this machinery? Yeah. 
how did you find your location and pay God. for it? <laughs> <laughs> God, um, I was going around Harlem, you know, going and checking out all these places. They want 10000 a month and 15000 a month for places that I'm like, People sell crack next door. Why? I'm not giving you $10,000 a month. <laughs> like, it's just no way, you know, or places like you want, you want 6,000 a month, but I probably have to spend 500,000 building this out. Like I went into a place, the space had no walls, no floor, no plumbing, no nothing. And they wanted 7,500 a month. Wow. For what? For what? And it was like, yeah, we'll give you three months to build it out. Okay, well then you give me three months and two fifty, and I'll build it out and, and we good. We're Gucci, but you can't even the the thing about those rents that make it absolutely outrageous is that Harlem is a is a residential community. You there's not even that type of traffic to justify that level of rent, especially for a real t- retail yes. space, unless you're like some kind of big big box right. store. That's the other part that fascinates me. And I didn't know how to articulate it, but you're so right. Like, this is not Fifth Avenue. This isn't 34th exactly. Street. So, exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to get 5,000 people are not going to walk past here daily. 5,000 people may not walk past here in one week. Like, it just, it's just, that is just the reality. So, what are you saying? Unless you have some kind of restaurant, whatever, okay, this is a, this is a gift shop, not a restaurant. We, we're not, you know, and then we would have to change our model to justify the, the rent. We would need coffee and, 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 and things because the but the retail space has never been our play. It's been the production space for us to get our online and our wholesale business back up because that that is just literally just offline until we have the space. Then I was in front of a church, like literally just praying like, God, whatever you're going to do. I'm here with you. Like we've been here before. We will be here again. Yeah, and show me literally, the way. literally while I was there, my mom called me like, yo, come uptown right now. We go uptown. This guy was opening a Western Union and gave back the keys to the landlord. So they hadn't relisted the unit left yet. And he was just like, he couldn't, he couldn't build it out. He ran out of money and he just, you know, you can put like a, a good clause in your lease, like where if I run out of money, don't kill me. Let me give you the keys back, allow you to re-rent it so it's no loss. And he had that kind of clause in there. And so he gave his keys back and the space was available. And so I'm like, what? For for a rate I can't disclose, but an extraordinarily good rate. I can't disclose it, baby girl. So sorry, but um, but a good rate, yeah, a good rate, yeah, but a good rate, uh, and a, a good location, a rate that doesn't you know choke us and allows us to grow and allows us to, um, in a location that's honestly at the center of our brand. Um, Harlem Chocolate Factory is a brand, not a chocolate shop. We have a chocolate shop. Harlem Chocolate Factory owns a chocolate shop, mm-hmm. but we are not a chocolate shop. And so I have I'm just saying that because I have to keep telling myself that because it's very easy to get distracted by the retail because I want my customer experience to be, you know, amazing and everything. So we've had to 
further take stuff offline in order to focus on that. So people are having a good experience and, you know, learning how to train staff and learning how to work out the little kinks in production for the retail products and And what was that experience like once you started to hire? And by the way, did you have to take out another small business loan? Yeah. Yeah. Was that through Axion again or just? It was Axion and then the um, Harlem Commonwealth Council that does the Harlem Entrepreneurial Fund. Oh, you just have. Um, I'm writing down all of this for the audience. This will be in the show notes because you just have all the. uh, Yeah. So there are a lot of like local funds. If you hit community banks and stuff like that. Um, again, just getting with whatever local city mm-hmm. all on all cities really have them. And if, if not yeah. city, then the states, there's the small business association, which are like, uh, which run like these small business like development. And that is a national program. And if you even look those up through the S- SBA, you can find an advisor mm-hmm. who legally has, to, you know, like will meet with you or at least in that office, they'll have the resources. And so you go to them and all you got to do is ask questions. Yo, I'm looking for loans. Now, sometimes a lot of times they hand you papers and the information is out of date. Keep going. Keep push through that. That's like and, know, everybody yeah. goes to out of date stuff. And one of the reasons to work through these legitimate organizations is there are a lot of shady Yo, business scammy, practices scam me out there let's, you can't take money from clear. anybody yep no do not actually in fact don't take money from nobody try to find a way to do it without taking anything from anyone mm-hmm. or take the smallest amount of money turn 25 dollars into 50 turn 50 into 100 turn 100 into 200 do that go slow with it if your idea needs 18 million to come to fruition without a single provable anything about it, no, you're going down the wrong path. The wrong People path. automatically think that, you know, oh, I need, you know, if I just had 600,000, that would solve. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Because 600,000 600, spend different. <laughs> it just it's yeah. different. And if you don't know exactly what to do with it, and especially setting up something you've never done before, take $600 and set up that whole, that same idea. Mm-hmm. How can you do it? We always have, we have plans for every different amount of money. Speaking of that, you, you touched on before when you went and pitched yourself as a PA that a lot of times we try to employ people we know you know that's the lowest hanging fruit when we start building out our company but uh, now you, you hit now, that one now you need to train people who are legit Yo. professional yeah how did you make that transition from you know working out of an By incubator kitchen people i know and having to um <laughs> having to let them go <laughs> thank you for keeping not, it real don't be tight at me forever you know what i'm saying don't be tight at me forever i still love you um, you know what I'm saying? Like right. I dead ass, you know, I dead love you. Uh, but you know, you have a business uh, to run. I got, I, yo, I got kids to feed. You know, like that's <laughs> good real. Luck. So, how are you approaching hiring now? Who do you, do you turn to organizations? No, um, we w- we will be. Uh, we have. I I had previously done. I got training. Uh, customer service training. Uh, that's something I invested in. And 
customer service training from the Ritz Carlton uh, Leadership uh, Center. And they have some of the, you know, like the gold standard of uh, platinum standard of uh, customer service training. And um, just really following those guidelines that I, I hadn't been because I'm just the type of person like, you know, I want to bring everybody with me. Like if I was a rapper, like my entourage wouldn't really be my entourage. It would be like just my people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to put them on. <laughs> yeah. uh, but even, you know, all people realize like uh, everybody can't go. Um, and everybody you can, can't go. Everybody can't go. I listened to a, a ton of Nipsey Hustle, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and you know, just make it. And really, literally, everyone can't go. And you the people that want an opportunity. <laughs> It's so funny, unrelated, but related. When it came to our wedding, I was like, do you want to invite these family members? Because we have a huge family, extended family in Jamaica. And he was just like, everybody can't come. Everybody can't come. come. Everybody can't come. Everybody can't come. And the people who want to Mm -hmm. will be there before you. Yep, exactly. That's the thing. Like, yo, Anybody who wants to do it is there will be there before you. You don't got to ask them. You don't have to call them. Hey, yo, can you be here? Whatever. They're like, yo, what's they're there before you. What's going on on this day? You don't have to ask them to be included. They're already there Mm. Um, because sometimes you can have resources within your personal network of people who whatever. But you don't want to force your dream or your vision. People who are down will be there they'll They'll, be there they'll be there they'll be there before you yeah i'm telling you you never have to look for them right now we're gonna get into the lightning round in a bit and wrap up but i just wanted to know before we jump into the lightning round how what has been your experience so a lot of people lose money in the first few years of business you you are in the Mm -hmm. first year of your (laughs) physical location and i know it's a larger brand than that but what what's going on tell us the real and how are you thinking and how are you adjusting based on what has happened no, I'm trying to live my best instagram life and lie in front like everything is okay (laughs) no No, like real life. I mean, it's been a struggle, you know, um, I'm a I'm a planner. Right. Like that that was the whole envision behind this is mm-hmm. that like, yo, I plan. I planned out the business plan, killed the first year. Right. Even still working, killed the first year. Boom. Did it. Planned out the next year. OK, wait, they took the space. Got to get this space. Now I spent an entire year building it out because didn't have the the funding, right? Like kind of bootstrapping it, whatever. And then now we're open without a genuine plan. And I realize my Achilles heel is no plan. Without a plan, I do not do well. <laughs> like everything needs to be planned. Everything needs to be pre, you know, pre-put, uh, pre package for me like that's just that's what I need in order to succeed because I need to just be able to execute the plan planning while executing is incredibly difficult maybe somebody else got it figured out how to do that I'm not one of those people and so um it's been a lot of grabbing at straws and trying to figure stuff out um and I can only hope that you know people are patient they our chocolate bars have been offline now for like 
almost a year and a half, if not longer, um, because trying to fit, just trying to get it all together and figure it out. And so you, we get these dips and uh, we opened up after, uh, we basically opened up at the end of chocolate season. We opened up on Valentine's Day, which was a great day for us, but that's, you know, towards the end, we missed the entire holiday season. We missed Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. And so now we're coming up on those. So, you know, we have some bright things on the horizon, but, you know, things were just not efficient on our end in terms of just having process, like our ordering process is inefficient. Our production process has been inefficient. And so figuring out how to make those processes have be efficient has been a, has been difficult and has it cost us money yes <laughs> you know you get to the point it's like damn I, th- I thought i was never going to be broke again and then you are broke again yeah and can it be it's hard to reconcile when people see you and it's like such an achievement what you've done and you still you know the struggle behind and you're trying to reconcile those two yeah, you know, because the the um the thirty four dollars in my account says, uh, <laughs> you gonna have to step it up, you know, what I'm saying? yeah, and just you know, but so what are some of the ways you're thinking about? Do you think of no? We do. I mean, we are literally in the middle. We're in the middle of relaunching our okay. website. Um, we've completely finalized the menu, and. We have two things, just meeting with some folks about just we realizing we have different funding needs. So sourcing a line of credit to be able to do some like interesting packaging things that will create financial efficiencies for us on the mm-hmm. back end. And yeah, like with those two things and then the, the ordering system completely changes the game. And then we do have a pretty uh, strong marketing plan. Like right now, we basically, we told people like, yo, this is our soft launch, right? And it it really has been. And people think, oh, soft launch, you open up for a week, whatever. No, who said that? Where in the bylaws of business ownership do I have to go by? (laughs) No, I'm still soft launching. Yes, we've been open for like 10 months. I don't care. But we have things to work out. No, I hear that. I agree with that. You know, and when people come in, I, all I can do is ask for, ask for your patience. I'm sorry the case is not full. Mm-hmm. It's only me right now. You know, I'm the only person in production right now because if I don't have a production process set up, the one thing I know, I can't bring anybody into dysfunction. Because mm-hmm. what is that going to breed? Now I'm going to be paying to be dysfunctional. <laughs> I can do that in my own time. You know what I'm saying? Wait, like, I can do that by myself. I'm not about to spend more money like on. So, you know, getting all those things out. And so we have some prospects. I'm actually going to be interviewing some people in the next two weeks. Um, some prospects. I'm, I'm praying. I've got this sister. I'm praying. Oh, yes. everybody put the good juju out there for I will. Us. I, I, will. Hope it, I hope it works because I, I, I would love that. You know, you are very upfront about, you know, you recognize everything that needs to be done, what's working, what's not. So you're already ahead of the game in that front, in that, you know, sense. So I just hope you keep pushing and remember what you did last time, right? And and be like, no, we're not doing this again. Like, having some bumps doesn't mean that I'm going to throw the whole... Yo, listen. I don't, because that, to me, like, I'm so comfortable with failing now that it's not, like, and you have to be, right? Because you're going to 
everything's not always going to work. And it's literally asinine to like staple your ego to needing to always win at everything. Mm -hmm. And how do you know if you've won yet? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like you you will not know whether or not you've won until the final moments of your life. Mm. And I don't even think to think I know that much That's about real. life to, yeah. to, to, to not give myself the space to be okay with messing up. And then for me also, failing at everything, right, <laughs> has given me a comfort with like, what are you going to say about me? Everything has already been said about me. Single mom overweight hair not done like what you what you what can you say about me what can you what can you say about me like really tell me broke i know i'm broke congratulations i don't get in the shower with my earrings on because i know i'm yeah. not confused i, I i'm not gonna do that that's right. it i'm just gonna embarrass myself I'm not going to be in your club with it. these. These sneakers are from Amazon. That's where they're from. That's that's what I did. Like, I don't there's nothing. There's literally that power. I, I take that from everyone. There's nothing you could say about me. So you, you it's just so difficult now to genuinely like get me mad. The only thing I get mad over now is my money, which is how, how it should be. Like you play with my money. That's a different level of conversation but just talking about me what you know all the horrible things people have said about me in this process when i was in my darkest time in my darkest hour and you and you hear the thing and you hear the things that people say to you you have the opportunity to be compassionate and encouraging and all because i made what you're what you're calling is a mistake now i'm basically trash because i'm not perfect what and i used to kill myself to be perfect so you no saying more. I don't got room to make a single mistake no when more. when when none of y'all were there to to make sure that mistakes did not happen, didn't tell me how to live or didn't tell me what to do. What? Y'all had me out here as a child figuring it out. And you think you're going to sit here now with judgment and that's supposed to hurt me. And the fact that it did, I forgive myself now in this moment for even being upset by that. Now it's just hilarious. What Isn't are you so going to say? As you think yeah. through it, it's like, yeah. What you going to say? What well, you going to say? to you for reaching that <laughs> level of awareness, maturity, it's not, it's not and, and growth. You still could catch of me course. on the wrong day. We're still and I, human. You know, We're still yeah. human. Because I don't want anyone to think that they could just say anything to me. Because <laughs> right, right. I, don't, you know, don't get... I don't want anybody to get confused. Like <laughs> I haven't worked through all of my stuff, and God is not through with me yet. And you're liable to get slapped. Like yeah, I don't. God want... is not through with I, any of us. But he's not through. With I get me, what so. you mean. I do. <laughs> so now let's jump into the lightning round, where you basically just answer the first thing that comes to mind. All right. All right, pray for me. I will. Okay, (laughs) number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Uh, Axion, uh, the the micro lender, um, to me, because they have different offices everywhere, you can find one and they can connect you to various resources. They have a lot of resources and and they're a great place to start your financial relationship. Number two, what's been the best business book or podcast episode that you've consumed this year? I actually, Jim Cook's book. Oh, Lord, I can't remember the name of it. I just had it right here. But Jim Cook has this like autobiographical book 
on how he built the business of Sam Adams. And there's been so many jewels in there on things to like avoid. And he was really transparent on um, how to how to set up his business and really how to deal with his people. And that is um, something I'm trying to model. Got it. All righty. Number three, who is a black woman entrepreneur that you would want to trade places with just for a day and why? Oh, Kathy Hughes. Uh, she's the CEO owner with well, the found what's the founder of um, Urban, Urban One. One. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think what she does is, you know, what she founded was dope. And, and just to to be a part of that and, and how she built that from the like, you know, from her her, her hands, like she built that from the bottom and um, to just kind of chill in her lifestyle for a day would be lit. Number four, what is a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business? perseverance you can't I'm relentless I'm relentless and that's a personal trait of mine and in this business I found that persevering and being relentless has gotten me very far all right and finally what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss but are worried about losing a steady paycheck you are already your own boss you know don't let the fact that someone signs your paycheck make you feel like you have to put up with subpar treatment, subpar pay, subpar anything. If you genuinely believe in your business, there's a way to set it up so you can transition out cleanly and neatly and and, and with savings in the bank and use the money that they are giving you to um, make it. You may have to lose sleep. Yes, you have children. That means that sleep you know, whatever, even if you don't, you you may have to work your full day and still stay up and there's a way to do it. But right now, in this moment, you're still your own boss. So sometimes we think because, oh, somebody else owns it, that that this is what I have to do. Or my manager talks to me like I'm not a human or they're not paying me the same thing that they're paying everybody else. Go advocate for yourself. Tell them to pay you. And if not, it's time to look for something else. Or it is time to invest in yourself and also take them to court. That is illegal. It is illegal for people to pay you less because you are a woman of color. And that's something we do not fight enough. And make sure you check. Ask for it. Go to the HR and ask for parity. I want to make sure that I am being paid because we, historically we are not. I want to make sure that I am being paid uh, along the same lines as everyone else advocate for you're going to need to advocate for yourself as a business owner advocate for yourself now on someone else's dime and and exercise that muscle when you don't have the exercise in that muscle for advocating yourself you may not be ready to go if you're afraid to have that conversation with your boss you may not be ready to go you have to flex that you have to strengthen that because no one has ever given that to us our our muscle has been on how to become smaller and quieter and nimble when in reality, we need to learn how to open up and bloom and, and, and tell people exactly how to treat us. So, yeah, you're yes. already a boss. Yeah, Th- that is amazing. No one's ever really touched on that before. You're so right. If you're not doing those things yet while you're working for somebody else and, and practicing these things, like it's going to be harder 
And yeah. Yeah. Practice. Flex those muscles. Yeah. Like what? what is it, what's it like to negotiate? You know? Yeah. Try it out. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Because I mean, people especially I, I never want to uh, romanticize entrepreneurship. Right. Mm-hmm. It is a grind. It is a grind more difficult than the grind that you're facing at your job, because at your job, they have to pay you on Friday at mine. <laughs> it's no guarantee. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so the reality is you, you think that you have one boss and, oh, I don't want nobody bossing me around. I got I have a million. Every one of my customers is my boss. But just like just like they are, you know what? I also have to learn how to um, control my customers. Mm-hmm. This is what you will get. This is what you will receive. <laughs> this is what we expectations. can. You know, set, I'm going to set your expectation. This is how you treat me. This is how you treat our staff. This is how you treat our space. You know, like there's so many different things. So you have to literally, the, the, the struggle never changes. You're always going to be answering to someone because we're humans. That's what it is. So if, you, if, you, if you're going towards the entrepreneurship route, because you just don't want to deal with the boss that you're afraid to confront about being disrespectful towards you or, or, or not treating you fairly. What? How do you think you're going to do with with the millions of people that you now have to go out there and and, and beg for them to, to, to buy from you or to hire you for, you know, your services like you have to be prepared to do that. And so prepare yourself now. Go in there. Go speak with HR. These are not silent conversations. No, nobody. This is not a that's not a friendly conversation. I just want to make sure that I'm being paid fairly. You have the right to say that at any single at any time. This country has a history of not paying my people fairly. I just like to make sure that you guys are. I'm sure we good, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sure we're good. I'm sure we good. It shouldn't, it shouldn't. Y'all got a whole HR department. They ain't gonna take no time right. from y'all. Give them something to do. What y'all doing all day? Uh, <laughs> making copies? Okay, let me come down here real quick. Let's just search through that real quick. Let's make sure, Let's you know, all the people at my level. Are we all being paid the same? Okay, wait. I started before him. He making 20000 more than me. Why is that? And that's illegal. EEOC. Right down the block. Okay, mm-hmm. you might need to file, sis. Get your coins. You think you're going to now have to do that with a client who's playing games when your invoices do? You know how you're going to have to call them? Excuse me. I think you're playing with my coins. I'm going to need those. It's the same thing. It's, abs- it's literally absolutely no different. Yeah, you run the risk of running the, rubbing the client wrong. You run the risk of your of your of your of your boss firing you. You run the risk of your client not hiring you again. But what makes them think that they can hire you for something and not pay you justly? No, not at all. Not not on my watch. Everywhere I go, I will be screaming from the mountaintops because I worked for the city when I got that job for the city and why it was so easy for me to walk away. I got there. I was the lowest paid manager in that entire building. Wow. And they let that happen. And I had to fight them on the regular for my pay. Are y'all serious? I'm in here. Are y'all serious? Yeah. Why, why, that's a, like, are y'all that's serious? a whole nother episode. But you raised yeah, yeah, yeah. You raised some. Yeah. We all have to fight. Like I had. Yeah. A whole yeah. nother episode, y'all. Let me know yeah, if you yeah, want to yeah, hear yeah, it. Right? <laughs> yeah. So but, but seriously, no, yeah, you're already a boss. Mm-hmm. You're already a boss already and be a, a boss. boss now. Be that boss. So where can people connect with you and Harlem Chocolate Factory after this episode? 
Yes, I, you know, Harlem Chocolate Factory is on Instagram at, at Harlem Chocolate Factory. I am on Instagram as uh, Jess of HCF. Um, we have our website, HarlemChocolateFactory.com. Uh, which is actually going to be relaunching soon. It's up right now, but it's our old site. But um, we also are located at 2363 Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard. That's between 138th and 139th and 7th Avenue in Harlem, New York. All right. I'll be paying a visit next time I'm in New York. So can't wait. This whole episode made me hungry. (laughs) All right, right, guys. So there you have it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly side hustle diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at Side Hustle Pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Thank you.